RecruitersLiveLounge.com, Episode 6. This episode is sponsored by UK Recruiter. UK Recruiter provides information for the recruiter and recruitment researcher, CV database, recruitment agency listings, employment and job sites around the UK. Go to ukrecruiter.co.uk to find out more. RecruitersLiveLounge.com, where you get to hang out with the most inspiring recruitment business leaders on the planet. Hosted by Roy Ripper. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Recruiters Live Lounge. And I am really excited to be able to welcome one of my favorite people in recruitment, Mr. Johnny Walker. And Johnny is the director or the managing director of CMC Resourcing. Did I get that right, Johnny? Yes, you did, Roy. Thank you. Fantastic. All right. Listen, let me tell you a little bit about Johnny. Um, uh, Johnny is a specialist recruiter. He's worked around our industry for over 17 years. I think that's right. 17 years, proven track record. And he's known throughout his industry for helping financial services companies to recruit um, a senior interim, senior project managers, program and change candidates. Um, he, Johnny believes that one of the most highly prized assets a person or a company can possess is diversity in skills and in knowledge. So Johnny, how's it going? How's it going? Uh, Roy, this year has started really well, uh, so I'm very pleased with 2015. Um, a little later on, we're going to talk about 2014, which this is in quite a contrast to. Sure. Um, but yeah, no, uh, the first uh, few months of this year, I'm delighted for. If we carry on like this, then I'll be a happy man. Good. Johnny, tell us a bit about yourself that I haven't maybe included in on that bio. So uh, I, I think one of the things that is pertinent is that I worked in financial services before I recruited for it, so I'm a... Um, uh, a gamekeeper turned poacher in that regard. Good. Um, and uh, and as you say, I've, I've been in the industry for quite a long time. I had ten years prior to that, so I'm now about 112 years old. Um, uh, <laughs> and looking good, Johnny. Thank you. It's just a good moisturizer. Um, so uh, yeah, I think that you know, there's a lot of experience that um, I have, but uh, I'm always reminded of things that I'd previously learned, have subsequently forgotten, and then have to learn again. So um, some of the things that. Uh, that have helped this year get off so well have been things like training um, and just being reminded of things that we always knew and just have forgotten to do. Do you know, Johnny, so true as well. I always, and you know, one of the things I, I talk a lot about is be the student first and be the teacher or practitioner or consultant second. It's always a student. And I think, you know, it doesn't hurt any of us. It doesn't matter how senior we are, advanced we are or uh, whatever. It, it's, it's continuous learning. It's all about that. So, um, listen, Johnny, I'm really pleased that you're here. I'd like to get into this with the first question. Um, uh, my first question to you, Johnny, is what's your favorite success quote? Oh, okay. Uh, success quote. I, I think that one of my favorite success quotes, because I, I have a number, but one of my favorites is, if you want something that you've never had, then you've got to do something you've never done. Um, and, and the reason why that's of value to me, and people can take out of that what they will, but for me, there's an acknowledgement there that I have to do more. That if you remember that you've got to do something you've never done, then tomorrow is going to be full of things that you know perhaps stretch you a little bit. And so it reminds me that I've got to do more. 
um, it reminds me that what I'm achieving is rare and that therefore it should require more of me. That if you're going to be ambitious and you're not feeling stretched, you're probably not going to achieve your ambitions. You know, it should require more of you. Um, one of the things that challenges me um, is procrastination. I'm one of those people who perhaps has you know, a modicum of talent and that leads me to put it off to tomorrow because I know I can do it. Um, uh, and so if I want something I've never had, then I've got to do something I've never done and that includes changing some of my behaviours and perhaps doing it a bit earlier rather than later. Um, and it also helps me stay in the discomfort zone. Um, I find the discomfort zone is, is where the doing, the, all the activity that we do, um, is converted into achieving. So true, Johnny. And, uh, you know, as, as a fellow procrastinator, uh, any advice that you could give on that, on that front, I think it'd be useful for me, but useful to a lot of our, our uh, viewers and listeners to, uh, to this particular recording. So thank you for that. Um, Johnny, we all know that, um, you know, for any recruitment business leader, um, for us to be the strong characters that we are, the professionals that we are, there's going to be some adversity in our in our previous lives. What's what's the biggest failure that you've had personally in recruitment? Wow. Okay, we're really getting to it. Um, okay. I, I mean, personally, I don't put a lot of weight on the word failure. Okay. Uh, I, I'm not trying to be glib, but I think that you, you're only a failure if you stop. Yeah. Um, up until that point, you just haven't succeeded yet, or perhaps you're still learning. Sure. Um, now, having said all that, uh, and I mentioned this earlier, 2014 was a big learning year. Uh, for me, um, there was an attempt at some expansion. Um, we had the wrong people, uh, a poorly funded and thought out business plan. And it basically meant I spent 2014 doing things less well than I'm used to um, for less reward and, and for less success for our clients. More importantly, we just we weren't getting it right. Um, that's, you know, you can call that failure, but I'm still here. Um, so I haven't failed. Um, and the learning that came out of 2014 was incredibly important. Uh, one of the things that um, came out of that uh, learning, if you like, uh, one of the things we learned was to maintain specialism. Uh, I tried to broaden the business quite a lot um, rather than deepen it. And so that's one of the things we put right this year is to, is to deepen the business rather than broaden it. Um, and to ensure that the business goals are born out of or at least aligned to um, the personal goals of the people who are responsible for achieving them. Uh, and I think that our business plan lacked that in 2014. It was a great looking plan, but no one had really bought into it because it wasn't aligned. It wasn't centered around them. Sure. Um, uh, and the last thing was to ask for help much more than I had done. Uh, I think that, you know, when you get to a senior position in the industry, and I, and I have, um, and you've got a lot of experience, you forget to ask for help. Um, you think that, you know, you should be able to do it yourself. Um, and one of the things that just delighted me in 2014, whilst it went wrong in about 10 different ways, one of the things that really, really pleased me in 2014 was that I discovered that people like and want to help people who are trying to do their best. If you see someone who's trying their hardest, they're an easy person to help. Sure. Um, and so they want those people who are doing their best to be successful. We want those people to be the ones who succeed because they're trying their best. So if they want to make that happen, and also they like it when you know they receive some of the credit for helping make it happen, then all you need to do is do your best, try your hardest, and ask for help. And you'll find you'll be surrounded by quite a few people who are prepared to do that for you. So it's a really good point, Johnny, that um you know, often um we say it's lonely at the top. You know, if you're a recruitment business owner or a leader or a manager or whatever, um it, it's not always easy to be able to 
confide in the people that you're leading or managing. Yeah. Um, but unless you've got somebody at either the similar level to you, above you, or a peer or a mentor um, that you can reach out to and say, look, I'm having this situation, I, you know, just want to get an another uh, perspective on it, um, I think is vitally important. I think, um, Johnny, you know, I, I talk a lot about Jim Rohn saying, um, you know, we become the sum of the five people that we spend the most time with. Um, and I think that's really true. As a business leader, it's important that we surround ourselves with other, you know, inspirational business leaders to, to get the very best out of ourselves. Um, Johnny, thank you, for your, thank you for your answer there in terms of, um, you know, maybe the, 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 the biggest, uh, you said it wasn't a failure, but the biggest maybe learning thing that you, you got out of uh, 2014. Yeah. Um, what was the eureka moment for you? Um, what was the light bulb moment when suddenly light. everything just clicked into place and you knew exactly uh, what you were doing? Just talk about that with us for a while. Yeah, sure, Roy. Um, I think that, you know, I, I've been a professional recruiter for 17 years, but I only decided to start my business for myself uh, after 12 years. Um, so in that regard, I'm a, I'm a reluctant entrepreneur. Uh, it wasn't something that uh, I decided I wanted to do you know, very early on. Sure. Um, having said that, I, I do like being responsible for setting the standards, uh, which quite frankly in the recruitment industry haven't always been that high. Um, it's a really great feeling to do more, be better, um, and feel good about how we conduct our business and our sales. So for me, the eureka moment came when I called around my clients and asked them if, and I told them it was a big if, but if um, I was to start my own company, would I have their business? And they all said yes, all of them. I didn't get a single rejection. Brilliant. And that was um, very humbling, actually, um, but also incredibly confidence-boosting at the same time. Sure. Um, so that was perhaps a, a eureka moment that started me off. Um, but uh, earlier we were talking about how, you know, always be the student, um, and, and I spent most of 2014 learning quite a lot. Um, but also more recently, we've had a, a, a perhaps a commercial eureka moment when we began to understand uh, automation, uh, digital marketing, and, and metrics as a way of informing us about how we were performing and, uh, and, and how we could increase our effectiveness and our efficiency. Now, we're still learning about that, but it's becoming quite a game changer, not for us, but also for our clients and our candidates. I think it's that it's a brilliant game changer, um, and it's amazing, Johnny, because I get asked all the time, you know, what's the the the, the, um, the biggest, uh, most exciting development in recruitment in the last you know twenty seven years or whatever that I've worked, and I say undoubtedly it's technology, it's internet, and it's the speed of communications, and I think this, uh, you know, the, the relatively recent uh, use of uh, as you say, metrics and and you know the advancement that we've made in that area, analytics, being able to analyze that data, yeah. um, and the use of social media and, and and digital marketing in order to propel ourselves, propel our brands on a worldwide scale, um, I think are phenomenal. And I think recruiters like you that that embrace that are willing to learn new skills. Um, are, are definitely you know destined for for much much greater things. So. Fingers yeah. crossed. Yeah, <laughs> not even fingers crossed, Johnny. I think you're you're there and at the forefront. So, Johnny, look, we talked. You talked earlier on there just about standards of our our industry. Yeah. What do you do on a day to day basis to to drive those standards, improve those standards in our industry? 
Um, I, I think that we draw a distinction between the standards in our industry uh, and the standards in our business. Okay. Um, uh, without being um, yeah, arrogant, I, I don't believe we feel any responsibility for the standards of our industry. Um, we recognize that a lot of our industry peers uh, are young men with directional hair. Uh, they used to work for estate agents. They're going to go on to sell used cars after they've done screwing this one up. And, and, and there's not a lot. I, need to be, I don't need to feel responsible for those people. Sure. However, um, having said all that, um, we are fanatical about standards um, for our clients and for ourselves. I know. So we make sure that I think perhaps one of the things that the uh, all sales industries actually are guilty of, particularly recruitment, um, is um, is they don't say no enough. Um, we only say yes to things we know we can do well. Um, now that's a, a commercial imperative as much as one of integrity. If we say yes to things that we do less well, that will become time spent on things that we are less likely to be successful at, yeah. therefore less likely to be rewarded for. Sure. If we say no to those things, then we have time to focus on the things that we are good at, um, and uh, we'll have time to go out and get more things that we are good at. Sure. And so both of those things reward, because if you only spend time doing things you're really good at, then you're likely to get more money. But So that integrity, it feeds straight to the bottom line. Um, it also just feels great. I mean, it feels great to do the right thing and, and build up genuine partnerships and friendships. Um, as you know, um, because uh, I, I dropped you right in it earlier this year, is that uh, my day now starts at 5 a.m. Um, and, uh, and it's always, as a result, therefore 12 to 14 hours long. I mean, you know, 7 o'clock is not a particularly early finish for a sales day. If you no. finish at 6 and spend an hour prepping for the following day, you're done at 7. If you're up at 5, then that's a 14-hour day you may as well spend it doing things you're really good at rather than other stuff just because it's available. So true. Right? Um, I, I say, you know, that, that's, that's how we, you know, manifest perhaps standards is just, you know, say no to the stuff that's not your core expertise. Pass on it. I think that's great advice, Johnny, because, you know, the, the, the flip side of that is the ones that we don't say no to, the ones that we kind of like, oh, okay, and we just end up saying yes to everything. Yeah. Those are dissatisfied customers. And, yeah. You know, we talked earlier on about social media and digital marketing. Unfortunately, those anybody that has a negative experience, not through their own fault, it could be, you know, we've said yes to something, it's not our specialism or not something we're as capable of, of, of looking after and filling properly to the best of our ability. That negativity, that negative press is out there. Yeah. And it exists. And unfortunately, well, you know, f what we want is more success stories, working with people that we genuinely believe we can help. So, listen, I, I, I totally support that. You know, not all business is great business. And we do have to learn how to fire some of our clients or prospective clients uh, wherever we can. Yeah, I think that one of the, I mean, there's an incredibly old cliche in sales. Uh, it's not related to recruitment particularly, it's all sales industries, sure. and that's under-promise and over-deliver. Yeah. Everybody's heard of it. Um, we all say we do it. Uh, sometimes we forget. Sometimes we chase money around the table that isn't our core expertise, and we end sure. up failing to, um, to, to delight the clients. And I think that, you know, I, I remember somebody telling me that if you can do it by tomorrow, say you'll do it by the end of the week. Yeah. Um, that gives you some spare capacity for things to go wrong. Um, which they will do from time to time, and that won't affect you then if you've built some spare capacity in. Sure. It also takes the pressure off you. It means you get some time to do it really well. And you give it you know, your best shot. Try your best, which are the things I was talking about earlier. Yeah. Um, if you do it your very best, and you give yourself plenty of time to do it, and then deliver it slightly earlier than the end of the week, say Thursday, 
you look like someone who really delivers all the time because you've done it early and it's amazing quality work because yeah. you didn't put pressure on yourself to do it by tomorrow. Yeah. Um, one of the other things that we've really, really sort of zeroed in on is, is listening. Um, it's another cliche in sales. All training says, you know, you've got two ears, one mouth, use them in that ratio and sure. listening skills and all the rest of it. But I think that, you know, particularly in professional services, all of my clients are financial institutions. Um, it's pretty senior stuff. Um, and I think that they are fed up of young men with directional hair hammering the phones and trying to sell something to them. Um, so if, if we spend a lot of time listening and learning and becoming part of the community rather than just a seller to it, yeah. um, we become a, um, a, a sort of the insider's choice, if you like. Yeah. Um, you know, we become part of the community. So we're no longer just a supplier to it. Uh, and I think that, you know, earlier on you asked me, you know, what was our, what was my favorite success quote? And it was, you know, if you want something you've never had, then you've got to do something you've never done. Um. And I'm surprised at how few recruiters go to their clients' industry dues. Not recruitment dues and client, you know, um, in, in, in seminars like that, but go to the clients' industry seminars and workshops. Yeah. Very few recruiters do. So, A, you'll stand out, which is not the worst thing in the world. Um, don't sell anything while you're there. Just listen, learn, behave, um, uh, and become a familiar face. Become an insider. Yeah. It makes it much easier. Um, and I think that once you've done that a few times and the whole you know, industry seminar thing becomes demystified, you might even take a swing at hosting one or two of your own. Um, you, know, you do not have to be an industry thought leader at what you're hosting a seminar on. Sure. You just have to be the go-to guy. You know, get four specialists up on stage, you know, be the moderator, ask them some interesting questions um, and get an audience to listen to that. You know, you, your brand will be enhanced by being that insider um, person. And of course, it, it's much easier for them to give you business because you're no longer a salesperson. You're sure part of the community so there's lots of other things you can do but those are some of the things that we you know we recognize are, are helping us out great advice johnny and thank you for that johnny i'm going to ask you to look into your crystal ball <laughs> and um and just your your vision of how you see the recruitment industry developing or how you would like it to develop over the next five years yeah i have um I like to think, I like to read, um, and so I've got a few things to say, uh, so bear with me, uh, sure. and stop me if you want to talk about any of those, it might, it might save me draining on too much, but I think you know, we are in times of increased candidate mobility, um, via digital, uh, via telecommuting, um, and they have an enhanced expectation of work-life balance. So those things being said, uh, I see that as translating into um, a shift um, in the balance of contractor versus permanent. Right. I think that this will be in favor of the contractor, by the way. I, it won't be called that, though. I think in the future it'll be called something like uh, fractional hiring, or uh, if you're a client, you know, you, you won't hire a person, you'll hire a portion of their time to do a job for you. Right. Uh, or if you're a candidate, you'll have a portfolio career. You won't have one employer, you might have four or five that you do projects for uh, based on your specialism. Sure. Uh, no, there are a number of big sort of um, portals out there like Elance and, um, uh, and similar where people, you know, you, you can bid for projects. I just think that, you know, people could create a profile for themselves on LinkedIn that says, this is what I do. If you want me to do it for you, then this is my rate. Um, I think there will still be plenty of both permanent and contract recruitment. I just think there'll be a shift in the balance towards contractor. That's the direction of travel anyway. Um, I also think that building on that, I think there's going to be some increased automation. Um, we're seeing that now anyway, so I don't think this is particularly crystal ball territory. I, you know, sure. We're beginning to see that, that 
you know, as candidates and clients leverage social media better, the recruiter will have to work differently, possibly even harder, to add value that's worth paying for. Yeah. Uh, that's sort of the homogenous hiring, the sort of bums on seats, call center hiring, uh, one where you've got a hundred of the same type of vacancy, that will become quite automated at the client site um, and be managed either by them or a process vendor for very little direct cost because it will be a sausage machine and you do not need to pay specialist recruitment rates for that service. Sure. So I think you'll see technology and automation um, uh, take a chunk of the uh, recruitment industry P&L. Um, that being said that, uh, that means the industry P&L will shrink. Mm. Um, now, the remaining work will probably be of higher value and be performed by those with a greater degree of specialism in the recruitment industry, which suggests perhaps less larger firms and more boutiques, which means an increase in the fragmentation of the industry. Yes. Um, you know, I, I, I see that you know, clients will come to the recruitment industry for something that they can't do cheaply by technology themselves. And yeah. It's not necessarily something you're going to get a, a, a national recruiter to do for you, so perhaps more fragmentation. I think also um, we are seeing um, uh, LinkedIn, which I know is a stalwart piece of technology for all recruiters, but they are changing it. They're, they're trying different things now. Um, it's not just a big repository of CVs. They're, they're, they're really playing with how it can become a leader in the social media-enabled recruitment um, technology space. Mm. Uh, and I think that you'll see other big databases like Facebook and Twitter um, follow as LinkedIn become the sort of leader in monetizing that database. So I think that you know some clients therefore will learn how to leverage social media to um, harness that that technology. Sure. Um, uh, and so you're going to see a lot of sort of um, yeah, social media enabled recruitment in a way that we haven't yet seen. Um, I think that that being the case, uh, you're going to see a lot of what we're doing now, which is creating a video as content. Candidates will have um, video presence online, clients mm. will have video branding online, and I think those recruiters who cannot present business in a uh, and compete through the medium of video, that small screen experience, if they haven't got that down pat in the future, I don't see them surviving because that's no. going to be the default. I'll tell you a little story. I was with a friend. Um, he's got a couple of teenage kids. Um, he wanted to know something, and their default search engine is not Google. Wow. Their default search engine is YouTube. Wow. <laughs> Why would you look up a text answer when you can get a video answer? Now, if that's the teenagers today, that's our clients and candidates for tomorrow's. So if you don't have the small screen um, experience down pat, you're in trouble. It's interesting because I think YouTube describe themselves as a search engine as well for yeah. exactly the same reasons, right? They are. I'd agree. And uh, yeah, listen, you and you and I both we're we're, we're both fans of that video format, and uh, and long may that continue. Um, Johnny, listen, thank you so much. It's really interesting to to hear your visions of the future, and I agree with you. I think that that specialised candidate, um, the one that um, you know, uh, companies are going to have to work harder to find and locate i think that specialized candidate will choose a professional recruiter to represent them much in the same way that you know professional athletes use agents i think yeah. it will develop in the same way um and uh, you know choose to use those uh, those those uh, professional agents maybe boutique agencies or consultants um rather than going directly to an internal recruiting department or an internal recruiter 
um, you know, the internal recruiter may turn around and say, well, look, this is what we want and this is how we want you to present yourself. But the, the, the candidate has also got a choice. And I think a candidate will want to ensure that they're represented properly, professionally, um, and in a way that, that suits their style. And I think that's where that specialised recruiter in the way that you've described, I think, is going to come into their own. Johnny, look, I, I'd like for us to move into the uh, lightning round, if you like. Yeah. Uh, so five questions that I've been dying to ask you. Sure. Um, let's kick off with the first one. Okay, right. Um, Johnny, what's the number one thing that you see holding back recruiters from being or becoming successful? Okay, let me uh, deploy a little philosophy, which is perhaps uh, not uh, often used in recruitment. Uh, Dostoevsky, in 1861, said, um, before you have respect for others, um, first of all, from others rather, before you get respect from others, you first of all must have self-respect. Right. Um, now, I don't know what Dostoevsky's got to do with the recruitment industry necessarily, <laughs> but that particular phrase is very pertinent. Most recruiters and I'm perhaps talking about the young men with directional hair now, but most recruiters are not taking themselves seriously. Right. And of course, if you're not taking what you do seriously, how is anyone else going to? So that's my number one thing I see holding recruiters back, not taking themselves seriously. Good. And I know we're not completely against young men with directional hair. I'm sure there are older <laughs> men perhaps with directional hair, maybe some um, women out there with directional hair. But um, I, I think we get your point on that, Johnny. Johnny yeah. What's the best piece of um, advice, business or recruitment that you've ever received? Yeah. I, I, and I mentioned it earlier. It's ask for help. Yeah. Um, uh, I, uh, if you're doing your best, people will want to support you, so ask them. Um, a, you'll learn faster because you get the benefit of their experience, and it'll be easier because you won't be doing it alone. So ask for help. Brilliant. Very, very good. Johnny, is there something that you're using personally, you know, in your business or at your desk? I know some kind of resource. Um, it could be specific to recruitment. It could be generic, but something that yeah. you're using on your desk or in your business that's working for you brilliantly right now? Sure. Uh, I've mentioned a couple of things already, um, and there's probably three or four things that we, we use pretty much every day that are, um, in my personal opinion, the best at what they do. Good. Uh, one is social media. Um, we had to do a lot of learning about social media, and we use a firm called Barclay Jones. Um, uh, Lisa Jones at Barclay Jones is one of the directors there. Look them up, barclayjones.com. Um, they do one thing only, social media for recruitment. And that's it. And they're amazing at it. And they really help us out. And Lisa um, and her team are brilliant as well. I, I totally oh, endorse just, that one. I mean, she blogs all the time. You get a feel for her character just by going onto the website and, and, and checking her out. But, you know, she knows our industry incredibly well. Sure. So she's not just applying social media, which a lot of people are out there. There's a lot of snake oil salesmen in social media land. But um, Lisa knows the recruitment industry incredibly well, and that's the only industry that they deal with. So Brilliant. That, that's one thing. Social media, um, go to Bucket Jones. I think that because two-thirds of our work is the placement of interims or posh contractors, <laughs> um, these are people who are perhaps on 700 to a £1,000 a day. I mean, these are serious people. Sure. And of course, at the end of the month, the bill they present to us is pretty sizable. Yeah. And so we need to pay for that. And if you've got quite a few of them, that's a lot of money out the door before you get it back from your client. Sure. And the way we fund that is through a firm called Market Invoice. Okay. Um, they, they're basically eBay for accounts receivables. They're terrific. It's a really slick system. Very, very good on customer service. I just can't recommend them enough. Um, one of the ways this year has got off to a good start is through training. 
um, uh, and without being sycophantic, but uh, Roy, uh, you've helped us out a lot there with um, some training. I was uh, on the boot camp. Um, uh, I've experienced a number of trainers in the past, and uh, without making you blush, I would say that you were one of the best. Um, and so I'm happy to do this for you today because uh, we, don't, we want people, we want to support people who are trying their best, and we recognise that's that, that's you. Thank you, Johnny. I take that as a great compliment. Um, uh, lastly, uh, LinkedIn. I, I know it's a cliche. I know all recruiters knew it, know it, but you know it's not new. But it does keep improving. It's becoming helpful in scaling up our numbers, automating our process. Uh, and contributing to our metrics and our knowledge of how to improve. So those are the things, Barclay Jones, Market Invoice, you and LinkedIn. Fantastic. Thanks for those recommendations, Johnny. Um, Johnny, what's the best business book that you've read in the last six months? Oh, easy, that one. Uh, Selling to Vito, um, V-I-T-O, the very important top officer. Um, Selling to Vito is by Tony Parinello, P-A-R-I-N-E-L-L-O. Look it up on Amazon. Um, a lot of my work, as I said earlier, is, is recruiting very senior people. So understanding how to sell to the C-suite uh, executives is crucial. So great business book. I love that book as well, Johnny. Um, I, the great thing about that book is it, it, it kind of tells you everything, even about the written communication that you would have with that C-level. It talks about uh, meetings and what you would do at, at the meeting and during the meeting and it also talks about communications that you have afterwards as well I, I, I think it's a brilliant book and great recommendation thank really you practical. It, it, it demystifies a lot of things so yeah there you go yeah no I, 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 I support that one that's brilliant and jo Johnny final question if you woke up tomorrow knowing everything that you do so you've still got all of that information you still possessed all the experience all of the knowledge that you currently have but yeah. your business wasn't around and you yeah. had to start all over again somewhere um anywhere from scratch what would you do well um as sophisticated a business as i'd like to think i run um i'd still do the first thing that all businesses tell you you should do in recruitment and that's pick up the phone Good. Um, there is no business until there is a customer. And if there are no customers, if they don't know you exist, and so you've got to pick up the phone. Make sure your target client list know you exist and they're prepared to hear from you again in the future. Communication is everything anyway. So um, I think the quicker you get your first piece of communication in, the better. Yeah. Uh, the quicker you get your first piece of communication in, the quicker you get your first piece of business in, and the quicker your business becomes real rather than just a plan. Um, so you move through from strategy to planning, from execution to growth, make your first phone call early. Um, it's, that's what I do, pick up the phone. I love that, Johnny. I think one of my first mentors, the late, great Tony Burns, said we make our money on the telephone, not shuffling papers. I think yeah. even Tony would say we make our money on the telephone or you know, in front of people, not shuffling papers or clicking keys on a keyboard. I'm sure he would add to it. So yeah, I, I think that's a, a, a great uh, a great piece of advice there. Um, Johnny, we're, we're going to come to an end soon, but before we say goodbye, is there any final advice that you would give our viewers and listeners? And then also, how can people get in touch with you after this show? So advice, I would say, um, is something that uh, advice I'll pass on, actually, that was given to me by somebody when I was flagging. Um, uh, and that's um, chest up, chest out, rather, chin up and be proud of who you are. Um, if you don't have respect for yourself, then, you know, you know you, other people won't have um, respect for you either. The, the industry is changing. Um, it is becoming more automated. There is more competitive pressure. But I think that is all driving the quality of things up. 
Um, that being the case, standards will rise. The industry was becoming more professional just because there's less of the perhaps lower value work to do. Um, and that's going to help everybody. You, you'll end up in a, in a nicer crowd of people. So that's what, that's what I would say is that, you know, if, if it's a bit tough, just, you know, chest out, chin up, be proud of who you are. And keep moving forward, right? Yeah. And, and Johnny, finally, how, how do people get in touch with you if they want to find out more about Johnny Walker and what you do? How do they get in touch with you? Well, um, uh, if you put Johnny Walker into Google, you're going to get a lot of articles about whiskey. So to avoid <laughs> that, um, it's Johnny M. Walker. Um, and that, that's where uh, a lot of um, miss searches. Um, Skype is Johnny M. Walker. My LinkedIn profile is slash Johnny M. Walker. Um, uh, my Twitter is Johnny M. Walker. And uh, obviously the email address is just Johnny at cmcresourcing.com. But really, I think if you put in Johnny M. Walker, financial services recruitment into Google, I'm probably going to come up at the top. Um, it's just, you know, that's an unusual name um, for, for people to remember. So, <laughs> Almost as unusual as Roy Ripper. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Johnny, it's been a real pleasure, as always, having you as a guest on Recruiters Live Lounge. Thank you so much for sharing your advice, your recommendations, and your journey. Um, and on behalf of all of the Live Lounge listeners and viewers, thank you very, very much for sharing that. To everyone else out there, um, listen to get more of these Live Lounge episodes, to get to hang out with some of the most inspirational recruitment leaders across our planet. Tune in and subscribe. Get them sent directly to you uh, rather than having to keep logging in and logging off. So subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Until I see you again, take care. See you soon. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Recruiters Live Lounge with Roy Ripper. Join us next time for more insights and incredible success journeys to help you be a better recruitment business leader. This episode is sponsored by UK Recruiter. UK Recruiter provides information for the recruiter and recruitment researcher, CV database, recruitment agency listings, employment and job sites around the UK. Go to ukrecruiter.co.uk to find out more.